This is Sky. And this is Raina. And, and we're cousins. We created this platform to share our stories. To revisit memories and hopefully by unpacking them, we will leave each situation more empowered, more excited, more confident, more brave, more passionate, more healed. So our hope is that while we're healing and unpacking our own baggage, you're inspired to do the same. This is Unpack and Bounce Back. Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of Unpack and Bounce Back. I'm Raina. And I'm Sky. And today our topic is unlearning. Um, we first came across the idea on our IG live every Monday. Me and Sky both go live on our main accounts and people ask us questions. Um, it's a blast. Yeah, we have <laughs> such a good time. We know that it's going to be a lot of energy. So we'll be like, OK, not doing the day not doing anything the day before. Right. Not doing anything all morning long yeah. <laughs> because we have to go on live and we have to give our all and we have to ask or we have to answer all of the questions that people are asking and answer them honestly and full, not, not just, you know, Oh, know. here's my best answer. Yeah. I feel like that's the deepest part of it all to me though. Yeah. The fact that we're answering these questions and we don't know who is watching. It's crazy. I Cause we you. get so personal. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Cause the other day I hit you and I was like, I'm watching this IG live and it's so funny because I haven't commented not one time. <laughs> so there are so many people who are doing the exact same thing. I know. And I know. that is. It's too much. It's nerve wracking for sure. It's too much, but we make it look easy. <laughs> Show do. Especially for people who you would assume maybe are extroverts. Mm -hmm. I feel like both of us are fairly introverts. Yeah, we panic about really interesting <laughs> things, but we're very introverted, you know? But so, yeah, so one of the questions we had was, um, what are you unlearning? Was that the question? Well, like, what have you had to unlearn okay. as an adult? Okay. Yeah. So that was the question they asked on IG Live. Oh, yes, on IG Live. Yeah, I believe they said, what are some things you had to unlearn? Okay, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that just sparked so many things for us. Yeah, a great convo. Because, of course, we answered it truly, but when you have to sit and you have to go away from that conversation and ask yourself, what are some things that I've had to unlearn? Mm -hmm. Sometimes that's sort of a way that you can check in with yourself. Is there anything I'm unlearning right now? What have I unlearned recently? What's the greatest thing that I've ever unlearned? Yeah. Um, so what would you say is the definition of unlearning to you? Oh, no. <laughs> you know, I don't like definitions and big words. What's wrong with you? Uh, unlearning. For me, learning is usually associated with she sounds a little high. Huh? Hold on. No, stay with me. <laughs> stay with me. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on, baby. Stay with me. Learning is usually like 
a very positive, like, yeah, he learned about that. It's always like a positive mm-hmm. connotation, right? Mm. But in the case of unlearning, it's things you've learned that have not benefited you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, oh, you with me now? Yeah. Learning is usually always a positive thing. She's in school. She's learning. What did you learn? Learn, learn. But when we discuss unlearning, it's like, what are the things you learned that did not help you? Mm-hmm. So unlearning is really just, you know, forgetting and trying to reprogram yourself from the things you learned that have have not helped you. Whoa, I liked that. I know. And that was hot. What's really deep is unlearning has to be just as constant mm. as learning. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people love to learn. A lot of people love to go to school. They love to study. We love to watch things so we can learn new things. But at the same rate, that you're picking up things. Mm-hmm. Are you letting go of others? Oh my God. Tony Morrison, Maya Angelou Shakur in the building, honey. Are you letting things go as much as you're learning them? Wow. You guys, this girl, every day I'm blown away. What a great question. Yeah. And I feel like that's the definition for me. For me, the definition of unlearning is learning how to let go of the things that you've learned. Wow. All right. Well, (laughs) let's dive into it now that we know what unlearning is. Right, guys? It can never be light over here. No, no. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) I think that I, I just think that it's important for all of us as like a being, as a person, as a whole, as a union, we have to understand that as we're evolving, Mm -hmm. as one, as individuals, as a family, as a union, we have to understand that at the the same rate that we're evolving, we have to let go of the things that we believed in when before we got to this stage yeah because all we are is sponges you know people who are racist are racist because probably they grew up Mm -hmm. around races you know racist (laughs) so uh that word just eh, it doesn't taste good (laughs) um (laughs) my tongue's like i don't want to do that so uh yeah racist but uh you learn behavior you know we're Mm -hmm. sponges so by absorbing all of that you have to learn how to let all that water out that's not helping you you know very visual today i know the the topic is just so deep yeah but we can only go as deep as we go yeah so it might not resonate with others but then some might be like, ooh, this is the process that I'm in right now. Yeah. I'm trying to unlearn that. Yeah. Or, ooh. What am I trying to unlearn? Exactly. Right. What have I been through that I haven't even thought. About shedding. About shedding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought today's uh, day of work would be a little easier. Just a little, just a little bit. And it's already feeling Heavy, heavy. But here we are. Here we are. (laughs) But what would you say are some of the things that you've had to unlearn as an adult? Uh, So I think this question's awesome because when we went live, I I think we both were just so excited when we saw it. And so I'm going to kind of connect what I said on live today with my thoughts. Um, I had to unlearn that happiness isn't 
something that just falls into your lap. Like happiness isn't an effortless thing. Happiness and joy and delight take Mm -hmm. effort. Mm -hmm. It takes perspective. It takes like working to really feel happy. And I think growing up, you know, you're taught when you do things that make you happy, you'll just be happy. Mm -hmm. But I have so many friends who just cannot tap into a space of happiness, no matter if they're eating their favorite food, at their favorite restaurant, with their favorite family members. I just never see them happy. And I, I thought about it. I'm like, why can't these people just be happy? They're not working for it. Right. They're seeing their plate and going, oh, yeah, I like this place. Cool. They're not like, wow, I if I buy this, I still have money for my rent. I'm blessed. I'm here with people I love. It's right. beautiful in here. That breeze felt good. When you fight for your happiness, the, sh- the shit you fucking start counting, like, man, I'm so grateful there's a fan by our table. It feels nice in here, huh? Right. You just, it's so much perspective. So something I had to unlearn was, you know, happiness falling in your lap. If you yeah. do the things that make you happy. Mm-hmm. No, happiness mm-hmm. is a decision you have to practice it. It's a mm-hmm. practice. Joy is a practice. Um, to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying, mm-hmm. I've had this converse- conversation with Mark, and he was telling me that there was a period of time in his life, probably for a big portion of it, where he loved to play devil's advocate. Ooh. And so if somebody said, I love kettle corn, he would be like, but what about cheddar popcorn? Yeah. And then it got as deep as everyone loving an album, maybe, and him being like, this is trash. But but him, he was telling me, like, I had to unlearn first how to just not share my opinion. And then second, I asked myself, why do I do that? Does it make me feel satisfied to say that? So he didn't even realize that he was being the devil's advocate. He just in the moment was like, mm, because they love it, I don't. Wow. But you have to learn to appreciate the things that other people love. It doesn't always have to just be, but why? Or mm, I don't feel the same way. Right. You can just be like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, right. I've had it once and I didn't really care for it, but I could see why you like it. You know, it's like perspective wow. change. Learning when it's time to share your opinion is a crazy, (laughs) that feels like an episode when it comes off my tongue, okay? Unlearning to share your opinion because they tell you, speak your mind always, always, always. But my grandmother also said, rest her soul, uh, don't argue with a fool. Mm -hmm. If somebody says, for the last 75 years, I've been racist and there ain't a thing you could say, Somebody else, that may be your conquest. It is not mine. I'm not going to beg you to see my worth if for 75 years, you know, don't argue with the fool. Can people change their minds? Yes. Am I going to be the girl who begs anybody to change? No. And with knowing that, you got to keep your opinions, you know. And another thing is sometimes people are more evolved than you are. Right. And you don't even realize it. So sometimes you just have to shut up. Yeah. And listen. And speak from kindness. They're speaking Mm -hmm. from judgment and Mm -hmm. speaking from kindness. Like, I think everybody wants to offer constructive criticism, but very few know how to do it. But everybody wants to, I'm just being helpful. No, you were actually cruel and nothing helped. You know, I think everybody wants 
to be that person who helped you get to growth. But everybody can't talk that talk. <laughs> everybody cannot talk constructive criticism because they don't know how to speak from kindness. So I don't want your opinions and I will keep mine to myself because if people aren't going to meet you where you're at, it's just going to explode. Like it's too much stress to share your opinion it's all the time. It's so much stress. It's so much energy to share your opinion and then have to back it up. I know. No, oh. I'd rather just not share my opinion unless I it's used injustice. To be the queen. Right. Like unless somebody's coming at me or it's injustice, I don't need to tell you I didn't like that movie. Mm -hmm. What is the point of being like, mm, unless you ask me my opinion. We're now that is a different that. combo. Mm -hmm. Hey, Sky, I really want your thoughts. You sure? Yeah. Even if you didn't like it, what did you think? Great. Open floor. But when you are just sharing your opinion for no reason, like this is my favorite movie ever. Mm, I think it sucked. It's just <laughs> like, <laughs> yo, can I have my favorite just for once? Like, seriously, why have a put rain on my beautiful parade? Oh my God. I also don't like going home and feeling like, damn, I said too much. <laughs> that is not a good feeling. It's like, why did you say that? Like, what was the point? You looked real whack when you overshared, babe. <laughs> I keep you up all night like, damn, I'm really oversharing these days. I should call my therapist. <laughs> it's like when we're editing a, uh, an episode and I'm like, no, cut, cut the whole... Cut the whole thing, please. Because I share every burp, every breath I don't catch. It's just like, girl, do you get tired of oversharing? Like, this is embarrassing. Anyway, let's get back on the subject. Sorry, you know we love a good kiki, y'all. <laughs> Unpack and Bounce Back, uh, starring Raina Vidi and Scott Townsend. Uh, chart topic podcast. Make sure you leave a review. Oops, let's get back into it. My fault. Okay, what's <laughs> another thing that you've had to unlearn? Uh, okay, another thing I had to unlearn, <laughs> I talked about this on live, is growing up, I believed alcohol is just something you do on Christmas. Like, you might have one glass of wine, but if you see somebody drinking more than once a month, maybe once a week, mm -hmm. that is an alcoholic. You do not drink multiple times a month, let alone once a week. Oh, you have a problem. Because alcohol was not in my household, my mom never really drank. I saw her sip wine possibly three times. Really? My dad, yeah. My dad don't get faded with me, you know, between all of us, all couple thousands of us. My daddy be drinking with me. But at an event, you know, he, he maybe has one sip of wine. So my parents weren't drinkers. So when I got older and just started drinking more, I really beat myself up like, dang, girl, you drink so much every Saturday. Like, and then I had to think about it. Like, Stop. <laughs> girl, you take it. It's sometimes Saturday and Sunday with your friends. You have to go to rehab. Like, it was, I couldn't believe I was drinking so much. Now, I talked to certain friends and they're like, yeah, girl, my daddy has a beer a day. And I am just like, <laughs> Wow, your reality growing up was just, it's just a beer. <laughs> it's different. It's Yeah, it's so different. So I had to unlearn that drinking more than just on Christmas and Kwanzaa uh, is, is making you an alcoholic. It's yeah. not the case. I have friends over a lot. Sometimes I pop out a bottle of wine. I don't feel guilty anymore. It's a celebration. It's a celebration. And we're going to save this for an episode. <laughs> Ooh, what does drinking bring out of you? Ooh, mm -mm. that tastes sweet. <laughs> Ah, uh, but we're going to talk about that. But when I drink, 
Uh, I, I praise my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I laugh. I dance. Mm-hmm. I spread joy. I give compliments. I spread light when I drink. So it's okay if mama has one, two, three, four, couple drinks a week. As long as it's not a coping mechanism, which I've been there. That is also another episode <laughs> that I don't want to unpack yet. Uh, but unless it's something where it's like, oh, I just, I can't even be alive. Let me drink. <laughs> then, you know, you should slow down. I see you. You are non-visible. It's going to be okay. Uh, but but I now drink and I'm joyful. So right. it's not a big deal. And I had to forgive myself and realize that my parents just don't like drinking, but I do. Yeah. And it's all good. And that's fine. Yeah. It's all good as long as you're safe in control and, and taking care of yourself. And then the last thing I had to learn was uh, I was very, hmm, is it judgmental? Probably. Look at the Virgo. She doesn't like the way that sounded. Uh <laughs> I might have been judgmental when I was younger about sex. I felt like, how could a girl sleep with a guy she barely knows? Or, mm. wow, like, I heard she had sex with two guys in a month. She is, oh, I was just so judgmental about body count and all these things. And I thought by, I thought by proving that I was like a good wifey type, it would yeah. do something for me when everybody's dream isn't a prude girl who cooks and cleans. Right. Sometimes a guy goes, you're wifey type because you're funny. You're mm-hmm. sarcastic. So I thought because in my head. Because you're you. Yeah, because you're you. I thought in my head it would make me a better woman to follow the rules. Mm. And so I had to unlearn that if a girl, you know, sleeps with two people in a month, she's not a hoe. I'm not a hoe. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Um, but I'm like, even if she has done something it, in a period of time, it doesn't define her. Yeah. And I used to really just one, not understand until, you know, I really understood meeting somebody and being like, oh, you're not my king. I just think we could do some fun things. Yeah. Hey, let's exchange a number. Until you get older, you realize life is just not as deep as you mm-hmm. thought it was when you were a kid. Mm-hmm. It's deep. But the things that you stressed were not the things yeah. to stress. So, yeah, I had to unlearn sex um, being kind of this this gloomy thing that yeah. it could be if you do it the wrong way or yeah. with the wrong people yeah. or you'll have so many regrets and so many spirits left in you and I yeah. I, I just I really didn't understand so many things yeah you know a you have to choice. trust yourself enough to just be like I trust myself I don't see a demon in this person yeah and, and I can it, own this decision it, and you can own it and if it feels good right now and we haven't right. even got into that place. Why not? Yeah. Why not just try it? Yeah. Why not just see where this where this right. will lead? Hundred percent. So it's really just not. It's not that deep. It's not that deep. It's not. I had to unlearn so I many know. things are just for me. Unlearning is it's not that deep. I know. Everything I've said is like it's just it's not that deep. Yeah. You know that you have to know somebody for five years just to kiss them. It's not that deep that yeah. you have to wait until a holiday. If you really want some wine with your pasta, it's not that mm. deep. No, it's not. If you're grown and responsible, everything in moderation, yeah. it's not that deep. Yeah. Um, what are some things that you had to unlearn? I know you have a list for me. I know. I have a list. I have a list, guys. But go for before it, I share my list, you know I have to say something you deep You always got a preamble. <laughs> She'll be like, so don't say anything before your poem. I would just like to say say before I read mine I'm like you always no, have because a, a you know, previous paragraph you, miss document <laughs> what is with the preamble you know I be listening real deep okay <laughs> okay and so when you said that the only person your dad gets faded with is you I was like 
that is that is trust like isn't oh, yeah. it deep that your dad trusts you that much yeah I'll be like, just drink this. He'd be like, what's it going to feel like? I'm like, yo, the vibe's going to be crazy. We'd be drunk just talking <laughs> life and comedy. Ooh, I miss my dad. <laughs> yeah, it's, he's, I'm the only one. And he'll be like, we'll go out to events. And he goes, that does look good. Get me one. And for 60 years, I never saw my dad drink. And that until is... it was with me. But he is just like me when he drinks. He's joyful. He's silly. Really? He, we're like two peas in a pod. Like, want to hear a joke? Knock, knock. You knock. Hey, knock. Like, we are just a drunk ass <laughs> mess. But he only really drinks with me. I mean, the other kids will be around. But, you know, it's just for me. <laughs> so. <laughs> okay. So, number one is not every relationship is meant to be two-sided. And she stepped in four seconds ago and shook the building in two. <laughs> okay. Would you like to explain what that means for the people who are not offended yet? For me, it just means sometimes you'll show up and sometimes they won't. And you kind of have to just, you just kind of have to take it to the chin sometimes. But also I've learned um, by reading, you know, books about the stars and, t- and stuff. Sometimes you're in a person's chart. And they're not in yours. Explain what that means for the people who. Okay. So there's a book, which I've already plugged about this, <laughs> about the stars, about your birthdays, about numbers. And um, it'll tell you certain days and certain birthdays of others in your chart. So if your birthday is August 20th, mm-hmm. you go to your section or your chart where there's numbers or there's birthdays. And in your August 20th um, chart, there will be like January 1 first. Okay. Under love and friendships, soulmates, beneficial, challenging, or whatever. So there's or a fatal list. fatal attractions. Yeah, there's a list of different people whose birthdays you should look out for that you're going to come across in your lifetime. Exactly. And it'll say either they could be a soulmate. They're going to help you in the love department. Mm -hmm. They're going to spiritually make you grow. Mm -hmm. They're going to challenge you spiritually. But it for every birthday, no matter what day you're born on, it has a list of certain dates to look out for. Exactly. So there have been people or friends of mine who I've been in their chart and they aren't in mine. Or um, when I look up, like, my parents, for example, my dad was under beneficial and my mom was under love and friendship. So just knowing that there was a spiritual connection between my parents, I know, okay, they made me, they created me, I was supposed to be here. In certain situations where a person is in my chart, but I'm not in theirs, I figure I'm supposed to be more beneficial to them than they are to me. Is is the chart how you make sense of when it doesn't feel two-sided? Like, do, is that where you go for curiosity? Yeah. And you're like, this feels one-sided? Yeah. Or wow. even, like, when I first meet per- a person, I'll be like, hey, um, what's your birthday? And they, they'll tell me their birthday, and I'll go straight to the chart just to see, like, is this, is this a connection I was supposed to make? Wow. And if you've been following the podcast, then you heard our Letting Signs Guide You episode where we basically talk about spirituality and belief is anything you decide it to be. And whatever you put power or speak mm-hmm. power over will have power. Mm-hmm. So it's super interesting that this is your way of kind of figuring out, this feels one-sided, I wonder if it's related to the stars. Mm-hmm. And, and you give that power when somebody might not give that power, but for you, you make peace with it, mm-hmm. you find sense of it, and you make the decision to 
you know, I believe in it so much that if I meet a person and um, I'm not in their chart and they're not in mine, it's easier for me to not to let go of this person. Really? Yeah. Like, I'll be like, well, it doesn't I don't know if we're even supposed wow. to be in each other's lives. So not placing that much effort over there. It's it's really strange. But yeah. So the second thing is um, I've had to unlearn. Um, oh, this one, this one is deep for me just because I believe in people so much, especially the people that I've loved. Mm-hmm. So not everyone you love will respect you forever. Ooh. Whipped out not Aretha <laughs> Franklin, honey. She said R-E-S-P-E-C. <laughs> Here's the Sometimes <laughs> you love people so much and then you go separate ways and you're so surprised by who they become after you guys are no longer in each other's lives. <laughs> Uh, you got any water? Ooh, tea, 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 tea. Yeah. So, so that's another. Oh. Um. Tootie, tootie. The third one is, I've had to unlearn the expectations that my parents placed on me, and the things that they projected onto me. I don't know if I've unlearned all of them. But growing up, I definitely was supposed to be like the scholar in the family. I was definitely supposed to go to college. I was um, definitely supposed to wait for kids. My mom placed projected that onto me. When I told her I was pregnant, she freaked out because she was like, no, you are too young. You have so much life to live. And I felt really guilty for being pregnant a lot of my pregnancy because of that, because I was like, should I have waited? Was, did I mess anything up? Was I supposed to be doing, was there something my mom saw for me that I didn't, you know? So, so I feel like that's, that's another, um, I've had to also unlearn the expectations from just family members, just people feeling like they should always have access to me. There were times in my life where I overextended myself because I'm like, damn, I have to write this today. I have a meeting at this time, but my family, my someone's birthday is today. So I have to make it. I have to buy them a gift because they expect it from me and they're younger than me. They expect it. You know? And they expect because it. they expect it. Oh, expectations lead to disappointment man and so I've had to literally sit with myself and say if you can't make it it's okay if you don't have the money for it it's okay you don't have to meet up with them you don't have to see them you don't have to buy them anything you don't you aren't a bad person because of it even even if they believe that you will be, or even if they believe that you are a bad person because of it, if they well, decide to, if they decide well. to, <laughs> yo, I told you the last time we did this, when you're ready to start preaching, put on your robe. So you give me a heads up. No, <laughs> this girl just jumps into the pulpit. I turn around. She's already in the preacher uniform. Wow, next time you take me to church, warn me. <laughs> Bitch, like, okay. No, I go. know. It's deep. It's oh, deep, it always is with you, isn't it, Tootie? <laughs> oh. The last one for me is I've had to unlearn tying my worth to my work and my weight. We got Tony Robbins in here now. <laughs> Motivational speaker. 
The three W's. Wow. Give it give that to us one more again, Raina Robbins. Tying my worth to my work and my weight. A novel by Raina Biddy. I just manifested it. I have to let that go. (laughs) Gotta let it go. Gotta let all of those thoughts go. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you are who you are and you move how you move. And if you decide to gain an extra 20 pounds, that's fine. You're still who you are. And what's interesting about that, and I suffer, I suffer a lot from this and I struggle a lot from this is feeling like Mark fell in love with one person. He fell in love with ambitious me. He fell in love with tiny me. I was the most fit that I'd ever been. Wow. So another another thing that I struggled with during, you know, my postpartum period was like, fuck, I'm 30 pounds bigger. And not just because of him. Of course, I felt bad too. But it always ran through my mind like, I can't be as bitchy today because I don't look how I used to look. Like, I can't act that way. And if I can't write, if I can't force myself to find inspiration, if I am sitting on my ass for a month straight, I have to understand that this is just a growing pain in, in my process, in my journey. And if a person is willing to just label me as lazy or unambitious because they remember me from being a whole completely different way. I have to say, okay, that person can't see me forever. That person can't really truly see me Wow. because I am ambitious, but sometimes I don't have it in me. I'm human. I'm human. human. Sometimes I'm not in the mood. If you stop loving me because of that, if you stop, if you feel like this is me changing and you can't just, you know, weather the storm with me, then you're just not for me because I will go through this a hundred times over in my life. Right. Right. You can't only like me when I'm shiny. That exactly. Not just when I'm shiny. Exactly. You gotta go with it when I'm a little dull. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Wait, give us the three W's one more time before we move to the next sentence, please. Unlearn trying. Oh, let me go back. (laughs) Y'all didn't hear that. I've had to unlearn tying my worth to my work and my weight. It just, wow. You guys, it's it's almost like we should charge you for this at this point. Seriously, we, what? Okay, next question. Do you find it difficult to put these beliefs into place? Or has there been anything that you had to unlearn that just felt like it clicked instantly? You saw something and you go, oh, I've been living my life wrong, boom. Or is it a process? What's your process like? For me, I usually have epiphanies. So if I'm around something that feels a little too familiar or hits too close to home, I see myself in a person, an ugly part of myself in a person, I'll be like, ooh, I got to stop that. It's Angela. It's Angela. <laughs> if, I per- if I see a person nagging or um, this is something that I've, I've kind of, you know, had to unlearn. When I first got with Mark, I was a serial cusser. I had a foul mouth. (laughs) (laughs) 
I had a foul mouth and I still do. But because he doesn't enjoy that part of me, he doesn't enjoy like me talking at him in that sort of way. Right. I've had to let go of just cussing at him. Mm. Like, what the are you doing? Like, you know, like wow. I don't like to, if and I've seen that. I see that in couples all the time where you nag, but to the extent where you're disrespecting a person. Right. You're cussing at them. Right. You're literally cursing them. Yeah. And so I, I've had to, that when I see that, it always clicks. It always, it's a reality check every single time. But how long did it take you to break that habit? If that's how you talked, like how long did it take you to really cut that out? Because you're so good about it now. It took me maybe like four months because it- Practicing it. it. Not even practicing. It took me four months to realize that Mark really doesn't cuss. Like at the beginning of our relationship, he didn't tell me he didn't cuss. He just allowed me to cuss. Like he didn't make me feel uncomfortable about it. <laughs> and it took me about four months to for me to be like, wait. You ain't dropped no fucks on me. <laughs> he doesn't cuss. He's not a cusser. And I asked him, I was like, wait, so you really don't cuss? And he was like, nah, I don't. And I was like, <gasps> Oh, I never heard my baby say shit. Oh my God, he finna leave me. I said, no fucks. Oh, shit. (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm like, oh, I can't fucking stand. And he's like, doesn't even blink. Like, (laughs) dating a full-blown sailor. He's like, oh man, maybe one day she'll realize I ain't never even said hell. (laughs) Literally, this girl got the nastiest mouth, but she pretty though. (laughs) So whenever I come across this behavior, it it like I go, won't do that anymore. Like every time I go live with Sky, I realize (laughs) (laughs) no, no, it's better to have a clean mouth. But sometimes the words are just so colorful. You know, sometimes you need a little color. I don't realize it with you because you don't have bad behind. But you don't have bad intentions behind it. Okay. Oh, I'm not. It's a difference. Yes, I'm just cussing. exactly. Like, cussing oh, is, what the hell? Oh, cussing yeah. can be cute and funny, but when you're ah. just like, I cannot fucking stand you. Oh, I okay. fucking hate when you. It's like, yo, chill. <laughs> yeah, it feels small. bad, right? Yeah. Wow. I don't use curse words for that. And it was kind of like a triggerish moment for me because my mom cussed at us so much growing up. And I remember not liking it. I remember not liking it. So I'm like, I can't bring this to my kid, to my kid or my man, to my relationship. Very weird. Wow. I did. We just unlock the difference between cursing and cussing. Yeah. Is cussing just kind of fun? Cussing yeah. is, get your ass over here, girl. You better fucking do it. <laughs> cursing is like, and if you fuck with me, I will beat your ass. <laughs> cursing. I was in Trader Joe's one time, y'all, making a little joke with my sister. And I walk away to get an orange. And this lady walks up to me and says, <laughs> I know you were talking shit about me with your little friend. And I just want to let you know, I'm an old ass bitch and I'll fuck you up. I said, (laughs) first of all, I think I needed a depends that day because I definitely used it on myself. Two, 
why in a Trader Joe's? Three, she was cursing me. She was That's why you. it felt so bad. bad. It felt like a spell, a negative curse. I know. It, you like, cried after, right? Oh, I sobbed. I got in the car and my sister goes, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm like, I'm not just like was so mean like but for her to add in i'm a old fucking bitch i'll beat your ass like it was so much worse than i will i will pop you like i will fucking oh it just it's taking me to a dark place wow so cursing versus cussing Mm. how are you uh uh-oh listeners uh, you still there how are you using cuss words are they hurting people or just making the story a little juicier? I never thought about this, Raina, because I just thought I had a bad mouth. Mm-mm. But I, I curse, but I never attach it to. But we love negative. cursing. I know it's so funny. like we don't ever listen to Dave Chappelle and be like, yeah, I wish he would say stuff. Fucking cunt. Like, you yeah. just you you don't wish that. Yeah. You love it. Wow. It's the intention. It's the intention. <laughs> Woo. Wow. Uh. That was one of my bullet points I uh, didn't say. I didn't realize it was here. But I said, um, I've had to unlearn certain forms of communication. Wow. That's real. That's real. Because all we know is how we talk to our parents and our friends and what we think is acceptable until Mm -hmm. we realize, wait. Yeah. This isn't going to work in the Mm -hmm. real world. Or I don't talk to any other adult like this. I need to work on this. It's like when you and your adult friends or parents or family members are around like teenagers and they don't have a sensor at all. It's gross. And all of you guys are looking at each other like, "Mm, they don't learn. Right. Like, they don't know. But in the moment, it's so, it's funny, but it's also just so nasty. You're just like, yeah. I hate hearing 16-year-olds cuss. It feels it so feels wrong. Disgusting. Yeah. So, so yeah. It's it like so gross. you go into a different atmosphere, and because you don't know that everyone else has evolved from this place in their life, you do it. And then you start to realize, oh, maybe wow. this is inappropriate. Wow. Whew. <clears throat> Raina, you got me awake on this morning. Okay. Uh, for me, I'm trying to think if it's difficult for me to put stuff into place. Uh, when I'm in love, I drag my feet a little. I'm like, I hear you and you're right. But making the change to unlearn things is so difficult for me in love because I'm just used to loving like that. Not an excuse, but just my truth. But with you saying if I meet somebody and their behavior turns me off enough, I will immediately adjust mine. I learned how to balance all this personality with depth because I met too many people who were always on 10. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if only you could just bring it down to five for a few minutes, I would love this, Mm -hmm. but you're always on 10. Like, or the people who always had to force being seen in the room. I was like, I don't think I come off like this, but the last thing I want to do is come off like this where Mm -hmm. I'm like, did everybody see I'm here? Hello. Ha ha. Always making a joke at the wrong time. Like I was like, I met these people and I go, I never want to be that. Don't make the joke first every time. I hate. You know, the person who, it like, I was in an acting class and we had a guest speaker and there was a girl who was like, oh, me. Um, First of all, love your work. And it was just, everything was so annoying that I said, she has no clue how she comes off. And you can feel the tension in the room. You can feel, when you can feel when somebody's trying to look like they have a big personality. 
when someone's like, I want to seem fun mm-hmm. versus I ooze fun. Mm-hmm. You know, even when I'm in church, I might have a little joke. Am I going to tell the whole row and be no. like, do you guys, wait, everybody look. No, I no. don't fight for it. It's like if my sister's looking at me, I'll give her the joke real quick. But I don't fight for attention. Yeah. And there's nothing more annoying than somebody who, it's like when you meet somebody and the first thing they do is want to show you what they do. You need so much attention if you're showing me your music video within five minutes. Or you want to hear my song? I don't, like, especially a grown man. Okay, before I get disgusted. Anyway, uh, but stuff has clicked for me, like, like that. And also, I think just in business, where I see where I don't like somebody's conducting themselves, I go, mm-hmm. I will never do that in a meeting. And it doesn't take practice. I see it. I hate it. Mm-hmm. It's done. Or uh, I had to unlearn taking my sweet time and getting there on time instead of early. Mm-hmm. When you really get in the business, early is on time, on time is late, mm-hmm. and late is disrespectful. Mm-hmm. So I had to unlearn that when they give you a time, go at the time. Yeah. No, I had to learn go early. Yeah. You know, but the one time I was late for a big opportunity, <laughs> my boss said to me, this is the first and last time you'll be late. But you didn't know any better. And I was like, you feel it. I just got chills because you feel it. I was mortified and I've been early every every day. Even when she's late, I am early. Yeah, you have to be. I didn't realize I was making you feel like I don't value your time. So you have to. But but I say that to say it was effortless. It was like, oh, get on top of it. It wasn't like I was late two more times, but then she forgave. No, No, there's no room for error when it comes to business. I can change immediately if it's my job. Sometimes you have to adjust certain things about yourself. Immediately. You can't just be like, well, I've done this my whole life. I've always been late. No. No. How dare you? Somebody, and I think with, with work, there's a pressure of anybody can take your job. So I don't want them to get to the point where they go, she's so talented, but that girl's never on time. She she's too comfortable. Us. Cut her. And you will wake up with an opportunity sweeped under your feet. And I wish that I could apply that in all aspects of my life. Because with work, change it immediately. With love, can't get, can't, can't get it together. With family, takes years. With work, overnight. And it's I hate that because I know if I can tap into that with work, I can tap into it in other spaces in my life. But I just I lack that that discipline. It's like, I don't know. It's it's so deep because we don't even realize that we create certain habits sometimes until somebody has to check us about it. Ooh. Or, or until somebody says that didn't make me feel good. That's the worst thing anyone can say to you. And then you go back. You hold that with yeah. you. Yeah. You take it with you everywhere you I go now. I hurt them. I hurt them. I disappointed them. Ooh, I don't like that. You have to adjust your behavior. It's almost sometimes it's like when a person is getting canceled. Yeah. And instead of being truthful, standing in your truth and apologizing, they'd be like, I don't give a fuck what y'all talking about. Like they'll continue to be this behavior that everyone is telling them is not okay. Right. The things you're saying are harmful. Yeah. The attitude is ugly. Yeah. We miss the old you sometimes. You must change. You have to change. You can't be stubborn. Right. If everyone is saying it in the outside world, okay, sure. You don't have to listen to the outside world sometimes, but sometimes your friends won't be bold enough to tell you who they see you becoming. Right. Oof. Yeah. Sometimes you can't rely on your friends because your friends don't want to hurt you. 
or they just love to be around. So they're not going to mess it up. Right. Some people can't, they can't pull anything positive from criticism. But I think people like us, it sits on us. Like, oh man, when we're she very self-aware, it's like, oh, I, I can't believe I hurt her feelings. That feels awful. I need to change this. Some people truly do not care at all. And I stay clear of those people who are like, I don't care who I offend. I'm me. Nah, I can't do that. No. But those are typically the people who don't even like themselves and they pretend and those are the overly confident. Yeah. And I saw her. She was jealous of me. And the, <laughs> You know, those people who are like, oh, they better hope I don't come up in there because I don't play. Yeah. I don't play. The loud barker is usually that person who and I'm not going to change for nobody. And and I'm sure somebody's coming in your mind as I'm saying this for anybody listening. You I'm know, a person my eyes, like this. Literally. Yeah. where it's like, and I'm going to do me. And regardless, and they're in the wrong. And maybe you should ask them what they think. Like, like those people every time stay clear clear because they're never that. in the wrong never in the wrong never in the and never grow up those mm. are the people that's the woman in trader joe's who tried to fight me you never grew up you're 55 <laughs> talking about i'm an old ass bitch and i'll fuck you up are you tired babe you look we are in a nice part of the valley why are you trying to fight me in front of this line <laughs> i just but you never grew up and nobody probably was brave to tell you about yourself and you think that this is acceptable and God bless you, babe. Cause I wasn't even talking about you. That's the worst part. You something, look so embarrassing. But, but something about you triggered her. Oh yeah. Well, we were giggling. And the thing is when me and my sister make a joke, we have church giggles. So we look like, we probably looked like we were talking about somebody because mm. we just get, get like this. And we're like, but all I said to her right before the lady pressed me, I went to get salad dressing and there was like six people in the section. And then I said, I went back to my sister. I said, Ooh, I'm going to wait a second to get my dressing girl. The block kind of hot. That's all I said. My sister starts dying. Like not the block is hot. Anytime she thinks something's funny, she repeats it with not the. So she's like, not the block is hot. And I'm like, yo, the block is hot. Seriously. The woman walks up to me. I saw you talking shit about me. So I'm like, maybe somebody that looked like me hurt you or, you know, we were the only black people in the store, the three of us. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it was like, she don't think I, I belong here or I don't know what, I don't know what it was. Something pissed her off. And it was like, I want to tell you, I'm going to beat your ass. And she said in front of the whole store. And then she said it again. So she said it by the oranges. Then we're in the checkout line. And I'm shook. I'm like, Sierra, we need to check out and go now. So we're in the checkout line. She walks back up. I'll fuck you up. Don't play with me. The whole store. And the woman goes, is everything okay? I go, yeah, she thought I was talking about her. But I, I'm literally at this point shook. I've never been cussed out like this public in my life. Says it in front of the whole store. At least 40 people in there. And I was like, this is mortifying. Like, But people like that never grow up, never unlearn. I bet you her friends act like that mm -hmm. and her aunties act like that mm -hmm. and her mom act like that. Mm -hmm. And that's just how she is. Baby, nah, I never want to be that. You feel mm -hmm. me? Anyway, I'm all it's not up. cute. <laughs> Thinking about this lady embarrassing the hell out of me. I felt like a little worm. She had me looking like a squirmy in the fucking Trader Joe's. I never went back. Are you happy? I don't even go there anymore. <sighs> God, I'm going to toss it to you. I need a breather. How do you deal with people in your life who refuse to unlearn oh, bad habits? Like Miss Trader Jones. Uh, how do I deal with it? I do you tell to, people? I try. 
Okay. I do try. But there's certain people who just, they can't meet you on that page. So I definitely try. I'm not going to say like I see behavior I don't like and, and I just bite it. I tell them, if you make no effort, I have to make the decision to distance myself. Um, and that's family. That's close friends that have been around for, for 10 years. I say all the time, I don't care how long you've been around if the behavior doesn't feel good anymore. You know, it's it's a fun fact. <laughs> Consider yeah. it a fun fact. It means nothing to me when you tell people, I've known her for 11 years. It means nothing because tomorrow I could not know a thing about you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I always say, mm-hmm. consider it a fun fact that you knew me that long. It does not put you at the top <laughs> of the race. <laughs> it does not confirm you'll be around my children. You are just sharing a fun fact. Thank you for that. Now stay on your toes. You know, I just... When you have children, everything changes. Man. When you when say... you had my son, everything changed for me. What do you mean? When you say, do I want this person around my child? No. I tolerated them. But would I want them around my child? Hugging would I, my kid. Would I want my child to possibly mimic something about this person? Wow. Oh, hell no. Bop, 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 bop. <laughs> you shooting that hot fire. Whoa. Would I want my child to mimic my friend if the answer is no, you got to go. Okay. Wow. <laughs> um, But to finish off. My answer, yeah, I distance myself. I will give you a chance. I will bring it up again. But then there's certain people that, you know, we said this in a previous episode, uh, you heal yourself when you realize why others are hurting. Once I realize you're just so mad with how your life turned out and something about me chasing my dreams and loving my life is triggering you, Mm -hmm. I can't be around you. So Mm -hmm. I feel sorry. I understand why you are the way you are. But at the end of the day, Life does not care about your excuses. Mm -hmm. I say this all the time. Life does not give a fuck if you were hurt 30 years ago. Life expects you to bounce back and be a better person now. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yes, there's people who are bitter and hurt. But if all you carry is bitter, hurt, and nastiness, I cannot be around you. And once I've shared that with you, hey, are you hurting? Do you need someone to talk to? I can't stress myself out. So I will distance myself from absolutely anybody. Like I said, numbers mean nothing. We've been friends for 15 years. I know, good 15 years, right? You take care. I don't care. (laughs) It is a fun fact. It could be your funnest fact, hon. It doesn't mean anything to me. Mm -mm. Ooh, Ice Queen, Virgo, relax. I'm sorry, I got a little worked up. No, I'm the same way, though. I don't hold on. I don't, the biggest thing about me is I'm not someone who holds on to memories. Mm. I don't get attached to things too deeply. That's just not in my personality. There isn't like, I might think back to like our relationship or I might, I might think back to like another cousins of mine's uh, relationship with me, but I will never think back on specific memories that make me say, this is why, um, this is why I have to keep this person around forever. It's more so in the moment, like every moment that you're in, it feels so good that you're like, this is my, this person has to be in my life. But I don't think back 15 years ago on every single person and say, that moment was special. I have to keep them in my life. I I feel you. I don't think I tie back to the moment, but there's nothing you think of and you go, that earned them an extra stripe. Like they really had my back. Like there's certain things I think of and I go, man, like 
you know, like I have a certain friend who, when I just needed a hug, drove an hour and a half. That's always going to earn you a stripe for me. That doesn't mean I'll keep you around, but it's just like. That's what I'm saying. That memory makes me go. That's what I'm saying. Like, ah, you a real one. Like, I have memories that remind me you a real one. Okay, you're a real one, yes. But But does that mean you have to be in my life forever? No. Okay, don't stab me she's like her shank is out you guys she's lunging towards me no i'm saying look the memory's not enough if this is a man let's just say this is a man you're talking about right okay say it is who who came and gave you your hug yes he did but maybe whatever he was whatever he was if he if he was a she if she was he right and you have a family now with a whole other person. You have kids. You have dogs. Like, you have a house. Yes, ma'am. Do you still have to invite them to your wedding? Do you still have to invite them to your baby shower? Do you still have to invite them to all your house parties because that person's a real one and have looked to? out for me 10 years ago? Have to? Should you? Have okay, to. Whatever. I don't have to do anything. Let's stay black and die. <laughs> uh, should I? See, that's sticky because if he is a he then sometimes different phases in your life require to shed certain people out of respect. If, you know, my man that I was marrying had a girl that just was always there for him (laughs) and she's fine and they've crossed the line, no, you're not coming to my wedding. No. Like, once you've messed around, no. But even if he cares about her. This is how I know I'm not ready for love again. I just get so worked up and I don't even have a man. I'm so <laughs> mad thinking about my future man's homegirls. Um, uh, I don't I don't know. I think certain people you have to shed because it's right. Even if you say had sex one time 20 years ago and now you're the bestest of friends, you've crossed that line to where it's a little sticky. Like, mm-hmm. it's a little sticky for me. And I get it that you could be like, oh, no, I slept with him, but yuck. There's certain people that I look at that, you know, we did a little something, something and I would never touch him again with a 10-foot pole. But, that was harsh, but... <laughs> In the same, it still doesn't defeat the fact that there's history. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Some people got to go, even with the memory. Yes, to answer your question, even if they drove an hour and a half to give me a hug, once my my husband is in the photo, I'm sorry, babe. If we did anything physical, I got to, you know, because see, the thing is, God sees all. I could keep these friends around. You feel me? I could keep these friends around and get caught up. And I've been there. And it was horrible. Hey, you messed with? No, 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 I didn't. Finally, did you mess with them? <laughs> yes, but it was like years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, um, so I get it. You're right. It doesn't matter how many things they've done for me. If they got to go, they got to go. If everything must go, then it must go. There you go. If everything must go, they must go. How do you deal with bad people? I mean, with people with bad habits. Bad people. (laughs) Um, That's a different episode. Right. (laughs) Bad people. Um, I I'll distance myself for sure. Mm -hmm. I'll I'll say my piece because I feel like that's just what I have to do as a friend. If I feel like you're in a bad situation, if I feel like your personality is changing for the worst lately, if I feel like I can see that you're holding on to a lot of hurt, if I can see that you're holding on to a past relationship and that's the reason why you won't give love a chance now and you think differently, I have to let you know what I see. And 
It might not be the truth. I'm just letting you know, this is what I see. Let me know. Correct me if I'm wrong. But if in your response to correct me, if you, because you believe that I'm wrong, then, and, and I can see it. I can see that you're lying. I can you're see like, that. You're like, sorry, babe. I know the truth. <laughs> if, I can, if I can see that you're in denial. Okay. That's a good way to put it. I'll be yeah. like, yo, come on. Like, yeah, you don't, are you sure? Because you're still talking to your ex. So that right. means that you're not ready for love right. from something new. Um, and if they still feel like, no, that's not the reason I'll be like, okay. Distance. Di- not even distance from that person, but distance from that specific topic sometimes. From their business. From their business. I'll just okay. be like, okay, I'm not going to stick my hands in there. Naturally, as a friend, I want to know everything. I'm asking questions. It's not because I want to be in your business, but right. just because I want to let you know that I want to talk. Like, I want to have these com- conversations and discussions. Yeah. And if you don't feel comfortable enough to have this specific conversation, then then you're not ready. Right. And that's fine. Um, I can give you distance on that subject, and we can talk about other things. But if it's bad enough to where I feel like, um, it's harmful to you and your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, if I feel like you keep bringing someone around who I don't like and I don't like their energy and I don't like their spirit because I've seen something or I've heard something and you feel like you don't care, like you feel like my feelings aren't valid in that situation or you just feel like, no, you don't see them. You don't see the way you don't see them the way that I do. I'll just be like, you know what? because I want that person to be happy and that's what's making them happy. I'll be like, that's fine. I, I have to just distance myself period because Mm -hmm. I know the type of person that I am and I can't keep quiet. If I feel that you're in harm, I can't keep quiet. If I feel that that person is cheating on you and you deserve so much better, I can't keep quiet. There are certain things that I can't keep quiet about. And if you've made a habit out of those things, if every relationship you're in from this point on is abusive, if every relationship that you're in from this point on is not beneficial to you Mm -hmm. and your mental health and your mental state and your peace of mind, I just feel like it's disturbing to me because I care. Right. I care about how you're doing. I care about what you're going through, especially if we have 15 years of history, especially if we have 10 years of history. Does history I'm invested now to you. Does history like matter for you? Uh, in the way that it does matter in the way that I show you, I care. It does matter in the way that I talk to you. Okay. If you're a friend of two, three years, I don't feel like there's enough history for me to impose myself in your business. I don't feel like it gives me all the permission to tell you how you should be. Okay. But if, if I've been friends with you for 15 years, I feel like I know you enough to be like, yo, you're changing and not for the better. But does it matter in the sense of like this person might have done me wrong in any way, gossiped about me, um, tells a story to someone else that I told them in private? No, we could be friends of 15 years, but something got back to me. I don't I don't even think twice. It's not even worth the conversation to me. I don't like what you did. I don't care how long we've been friends. We're no longer friends now. That's when it becomes a fun fact. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That you knew me for 15 years. Exactly. When no goes to new, huh? Exactly. Because I don't know. Sometimes I think back on like the idea that sometimes the friends that you've had forever 
know you the best or know you from from back then. So they really know who you are. Mm -hmm. But sometimes they get lost in it, too. Yeah. Sometimes they forget who you are. Yeah. Sometimes they're so comfortable that it doesn't matter who you are. Right. Especially if you make a big change. Mm -hmm. Like if you make a drastic say you were the wild party girl and now you're like super Christian, if they Mm -hmm. only knew the wild party Mm -hmm. girl, it's like you have to, in order to be a good friend, learn your friend through the phases, Mm -hmm. learn your friend Mm -hmm. through the growth, because, you know, it's sometimes you you become just a greater version of who you were when you were younger. Mm -hmm. I think we're both that. Mm -hmm. But we have some friends who we probably wouldn't have been friends with when they were younger, but then Mm -hmm. they got older and you go, Mm -hmm. I love who you became. But you know, some people go through uh, just growing up, but then return to their kind of childlike self like us. Mm -hmm. And so it's super interesting. You have to learn and be present and be patient with your friends through the stages. If it makes sense to be in their life. Right. Um, Is there anything that you're struggling to unlearn as an adult or something that just feels like I can't, grasp that like why am I not well I'll say one of the biggest things is um just the idea of parenting uh for me I look at the way that my parents raised me and I say well I I turned out all right you know look at where I am but I always question is there a better way Of course, there's a better way. But I always question, what are those better ways? When I was younger, I used to get hit all the time. I get whoopings all the time. I'm in a process now where I'm having to unlearn that form of communication. And I'm trying to figure out other effective communication styles or tactics to parent my child. Because I don't want him to always I don't. One, I don't want him to fear me, but also two, I don't want him to go through certain emotions that I went through growing up. I don't want him to feel like I hate my mom because this. Mm. Um, I don't want him to to hate either of us. I don't want him to hate me or Mark. Um, So just in knowing that, I would say that I'm unlearning just who my parents were to me and I'm trying to figure out who I can who who I am as a parent and who I can be to Umi. Because wow. the word parent, it can be really vague. It can be really just like, those are the people that birthed you. Um, and so I feel like I'm trying to figure out a different title for it. Wow. Because I want to be your friend, but also I want you to trust me. I want us to have an open conversation to where you'll allow me to guide you. You'll hear the things that I'm saying. Wow. But also I want you to respect me. How do I get you to respect me? Right. How do I get you to laugh with me? How do I get you to have an open conversation with me? Because when I was younger, I didn't always feel like I could have open conversations with my parents. Neither. And now you feel like you can. Yeah, now... Probably knows too much. My dad, <laughs> at least. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I, 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 I've, I'm trying to unlearn that. I'm trying to. Wow. I'm trying to challenge myself to be better as a parent. <laughs> that was so selfless. I can't relate. <laughs> wow. What's it like to put a life before yours? <laughs> can't even have a dog. Do you feel like there's anything right now as an adult that you're struggling to unlearn? Mm, 
you're asking me to unpack. I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think comparing, I think comparing, I think, um, especially with the industry I'm in, it's, it's already hard to not compare yourself as a woman, period. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at her hips. Look at her this. Oh, those eyes. Oh my God. Her hair is just so pretty. But being in my industry, you compare because you wonder why they got the job. So it's like, oh, well, yeah, she is a little taller than me. Oh, like you just start to compare, 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 and you don't even realize you're doing it. So uh, I think for me, yeah, a big thing is unlearning comparisons and, and unlearning or learning how to tackle subject matter head on without using it as a joke. I think or without presenting it as a joke. Mm-hmm. I think it's great, but it's also such a skill to be able to sit in what you're feeling and to be mm-hmm. like, I'm hurting without being like, yeah, it hurts. Like I laugh yeah. through my pain and and I mean it. I really do find a lot funny that probably isn't, but I'm able to always sit in my pain and answer a question honestly uh, without putting extras on it if need be. You know, I'm not afraid of facing my pain. So I, I think that I'm still getting a little bit better with it, but I think I've pretty much tapped into a space of unlearning to make a joke out of everything when Mm -hmm. it's uncomfortable to just be like, eh, you know, today really sucks. And that be that. And and to own it, you know? But I think also adding in some comedy makes life easier. But if you only know how to make a joke, have you met those people where you're like, you seem kind of sad? No, man. (laughs) No, anyway, but you... No, like, are you good? I said, and you're just looking at this person in pain, and you're like, "Wow, you, you can't say s- you anything see real." Through them. Yeah, you you go, you can't meet me here at all. Like, you really are physically incapable of just being honest. And for me, I'm very tapped into my transparency, so I have my sense of humor, but I can always ground it. A bitch can always bring it to the ground. So, so yeah, I think. I'm at the ending stage of unlearning that, but that's been a forever process is unlearning or properly learning how to use my sense of humor and when it's appropriate to use Mm -hmm. it. Everybody doesn't want to hear a funny joke. You don't have to charm everybody. The, the, you know, woman giving you water on the plane. I couldn't remember what a flight attendant was called for a second. I was panicking. I'm like, (laughs) the flight? Oh my, the flight attendant. When she's giving you water on a plane, I don't have to give the most charming joke. I don't need to be remembered by all these people. Mm-hmm. You know, when when can you control your charm and your sense of humor and know this is the moment? This is not. Yeah. It's not the time to perform. Mm. It's not. Why are you performing? Or even a, a, an epiphany I had the other night. I put so much into hanging out because my biggest fear is them not enjoying themselves. So forget if I'm tired, burnt out, exhausted, high, drunk, wanting to go to bed. I can't not have them enjoy themselves. I am not the circus. I mean, some days <laughs> I definitely am a clown, but I'm not the cir- like. Why am I so pressed to entertain? That's not my but job. Even when someone invites you over, maybe yeah, because they're inviting Sky. Like it's like it's like make sure that this is a fun time, and so I've stopped. Because Mm -hmm. I can't hang out with people that I need to entertain. Now, a lot of people around me find me entertaining, but usually it's effortless. It's like, oh, that girl told a crazy story. So entertaining. When we hang, there's no pressure. I was just going to say, I feel like with me and all of my closest friends who are now like you're starting to like come into our world and like be around. I feel like the environment that I've created or that me and Mark create as a whole is come as yourself. 
And I feel like that's why my relationships or friendships with people are so brutally transparent and honest. It's like if I yeah. say, hey, we're all swimming today. That doesn't mean we all have to be talking in the pool. That was we awesome. We can yeah. all be by ourselves. Right. Chilling. And nobody's like, is everything okay? Nobody has to entertain. You can dance over there. You can drink over there. You can make out over there. And none of us are watching you. You can make out. Who who can I make out with? (laughs) (laughs) You didn't invite that friend, girl. Hold on. (laughs) But that's important. I feel like like it's important. And I feel the reason why I have the environment that I have or the friends that I have is because I'm just – I don't want to perform. I don't want to talk about my work. I tell Mark this all the time. I hate when people that are close to me ask me, so how's work going? Because right. I don't want to talk about that. Right. And it's it's not because there's something about work that makes me feel like I have to be so private about it. It's just like when I'm in my everyday life, I don't want to talk about when I write poetry, for example, it's like a fantasy for me. Mm. It's like I'm entering a different world. Okay. I'm not in in an open space. I'm not writing poetry around my friends. I'm not, I'm in my own world. Mm -hmm. And I feel like even with us doing this, we're in our own world. So when people are like, Oh, how's, you know, the podcast going, unless you are listening, I don't want to talk about it. Cause it's like, it's going well. What, what do you want me to say? say? What do you want me to say about it? So I think with me and most of my friends, we all have an understanding that like, we're not going to talk about anything too deep right. unless it's time to. Yeah. Unless we've like got into that point of the night and it's like we all want to be in discussion. Yeah. But don't come to my house and be like, hey, how you been? What you been up to? Like none of us want that. Right. No, everybody feels at your house very in in their own world, on their own pace. There's no pressure uh, you know, when I, I zone out in the pool, you yeah. saw I'm like by myself. Nobody was like, you okay over there, Sky? Cause I don't like attention being put on me in weird way. It's very strange, but I'm like, I don't want anyone to see me enjoying myself by myself. So it's, it's not a pressure. And I think one, it's your energy. Cause of course you're the, you're the center and you're more mellow. Mm-hmm. And it's also understanding that it's not your job to entertain adults. I think I've forever mm-hmm. just been like, they look bored. Let me ask them if they need anything. It's also my love for hosting. I just love going above and beyond and sometimes need to chill out. But um, it's it's like I just really want everyone to enjoy themselves. And I put it all on me as mm-hmm. if they should have a great story. They mm-hmm. should entertain for a bit. Like, But it's also everybody's not meant to come over your house. One-on-one mm-hmm. entertaining is very hard. It's not for everybody to go to happy hour one-on-one or mm-hmm. come over for dinner and we'll chat. I can't chat with everyone. And I've realized I have this kind of format of come over, we eat dinner, but it doesn't feel good with everyone. Yeah. So I think that's on me is how am I spending time with my friends? Is this just my party friend? Is that just somebody, if I go bowling and need more people, I invite them this. Why are you in my home? Because I'm feeling pressure because you're not making me have enough yeah. fun. So I need to now go into overdrive yeah. to make sure it's a fun night, but I'm hanging out with the wrong people. I'm hanging out with the wrong people. Oh my God. Unpack. <laughs> Ding, ding, ding. And sometimes, sometimes your texting friends don't need to be your hangout friends. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is a very deep thing to realize. Sometimes we just meme and dip. (laughs) I have a friend whose memes are spot on. Do I want to see him? You know, 
Probably not. I don't want to see nobody, but I want you to keep memeing me. Yeah. You know? yeah. I love memeing you. Um, <laughs> but I think that covers it all. Yeah, that's my last yeah. question. Um, wow. I'm learning. That was a good topic. I know. I enjoyed we did, that. We didn't think it'd go this long. Yeah, we're ending with smiles, so that's <laughs> always good. Close us out, Raina. I'm going to throw it to you, sweetheart. You did great on this one. But so, yeah, so this this episode was all about unlearning. And like we said, we didn't think that we'd even be able to go as deep as we did. Yeah. But, of course, everything that we <laughs> we dissect, every single word, every single topic, there is known to man. Miss Angelou so, <laughs> Shakur, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you guys for listening. And do we have a challenge of the week? challenge of the week i think this should just be a reflecting week. yeah i think that was a very heavy fun entertaining five star rating worth conversation <laughs> <laughs> yeah go to head to go to our instagram click the link in the bio and, and leave us a rating i think that was a great episode but i think for what we want you guys to do reflect think about the things that you want to unlearn and start implementing them and realize and, and admire and give yourself some love for the things you've already unlearned because mm-hmm. this might have sparked some things in your head where you go, wow, I didn't even realize I already did that. I'm proud of myself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we need a pat on the back. Yeah. But I think uh, think about what you need to unlearn and start implementing it. The best time to start is now. now. Yep. So I'm Raina. I'm Sky. <laughs> See you guys. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Unpack and Bounce Back. If you're in the mood to share, send over to a friend. Press subscribe for more content. And please be sure to follow us on Instagram at Unpack and Bounce Back. And remember, it's the letter N, not A-N-D. Until next time.